Hi, it's Dwyer. It is Friday, February 25th, 2022. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let's talk boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just say, right, we're going to talk about a fight involving Canelo in a minute or two, but let me just say, we all have a list of the fighters we consider to be the best in the sport pound for pound. Right now, let me disclose mine. Let's pick seven guys, the top seven, right? And it's going to be men. I understand that you have some excellent female fighters who, if this was gender neutral, would be in this list, right? But here we're going to pick a top seven non-heavyweight. Why? Because, quite frankly, when the pound-for-pound pound list was made up years ago, back in the Sugar Ray Robinson era, it was designed to shine a light on non-heavyweights. You know my belief. There are two groups in boxing. The heavyweight champ, and then there's everyone else. We can't have the heavyweight division deprive everyone else of sunlight. So we're excluding heavyweights. Right? So, let me also add a caveat. And that caveat is that this list will change from fight to fight, right? If I see a fight where I'm thinking to myself, man, this opponent's much better than I thought. The guy I thought was the man isn't quite the man. Then I could change this, right? So this is my list as of today. If you were to catch me a month from now and ask me for my list, it might be a little bit different. In no particular order, in my opinion, just my own private notes, how I bet things, the top seven male non-heavyweights pound for pound are Terrence Crawford, Naoya Inoue, Josh Taylor, Vasily Lomachenko, right? Look, I know he lost to Teofimo Lopez. I'm just telling you, the way I see the world at 135, it starts with Lomachenko. I'll agree, based on styles, if Shakur Stevenson were to fight Lomachenko, that's a five-star fight. But I believe that Stevenson, who's dominant, needs room to operate. Right, Lomachenko couldn't fight the same fight he fought against Teofimo Lopez and expect to beat Stevenson, a fight where he's outside for most of the fight. But we all know that Lomachenko has an inside game, don't we? We all saw him come inside on fighters like Nicholas Walters, didn't we? Right, I'm not sure if a young guy like Shakur Stevenson is ready for all that smoke. Let me say this too about Inouye. A uh, name I mentioned earlier. You know, Nanito Denier did have his moments, didn't he? That was a much closer fight than we thought it was going to be. But understand, I hold Nanito Denier in very high regard. I believe he's a future Hall of Famer. The fact that this young guy was able to survive that tells me a lot. 
Let me say this, too, about Josh Taylor. And it is a problem. Josh Taylor is a guy who needs to come inside and cuff around an opponent, whether or not that's dangerous. I'm sure no one was surprised that the Josh Taylor-Jack Catterall weigh-in got heated, right? Because Taylor is the guy who just can't dampen the emotions, right? He'll be beating you outside. That's not good enough. Now, I hear Taylor wants to go up to 147. He's talking about fighting Terrence Crawford, <laughs> right? That's what he wants. Taylor's a guy who's going to push himself. Sooner or later, I believe it blows up on him, right? I believe Taylor is a guy who needs to get cuffed around and dropped a few times to figure out that if he's winning a fight the easy way, hey, it's all about winning. Win the fight. Don't try to prove points. Let me say this about Terrence Crawford. Look, I don't care if the ref got it wrong. We know you got knocked down by Green Machine. We know you were badly hurt. Right now, all I can say is that probably has made Crawford a better fighter because he got up. He has one of boxing's best poker faces. We all know he was hurt. We all know he was thinking, man, what hit me? Damn, this dude hits hard. But Crawford got back in the saddle and quickly started dominating that fight. Let me continue with the list. David Benavides. Look, he's an unbeaten fighter. He's had the belt before. Right? The fact that he wasn't in Canelo's 168-pound super middleweight tournament is immaterial to me. I think Benavides is one of the best in the sport. Let's talk about the last two guys on this top seven non-heavyweight male list. Canelo, of course. As I've said before, all he has to do to make the Hall of Fame is retire. This guy is special. And the guy he, according to reports, is going to fight next. By the way, that's one of the reasons why Canelo's special. Because he's one of these guys giving us real fights. Dimitri Bivol. Right now, let me just say this. I know many didn't make the list. It is what it is. This is one man's opinion. Let me also say, too, that I am not going on potential for this list. Each man in this list has had a belt. Right, each of them. Apart from the 168-pound weight class where I named Canelo and Benavides, each of the other five guys, in my opinion, is the best in their weight class. Right now, I understand that's going to make some people upset. Right, Gervonta Davis, his fans. Errol Spence, his fans. As I've said, this is my list. I'm not taking votes. If you're looking for politically correct participation awards, this is not the place. Now, let's continue. Well, news is broken that Canelo is going to fight Dimitri Bevel. 
I believe this is a much tougher fight than a fight against cruiserweight champion Makabu. Right? Understand Bivol has beaten former champion Jean Pascal. Right? Pascal, very heavy hands. Very fast hands. Understand, too, Bivol has beaten current light heavyweight champion Joe Smith. Folks, Joe Smith brings it. There's an intensity to Joe Smith fights. And, of course, Joe Smith has power. So this tells me that Bivol can handle power and hand speed and intensity. Right? If Canelo thinks he's going to trudge across the ring and walk down Bivol like he did some others, Rocky Fielding, for example, Callum Smith, for example, right? He's kidding himself. Let me continue. Bivol, or Bivol, as it's more accurately pronounced, we'll forget the Dwyer pronunciation here, is also in his prime. Unlike Golovkin, who Canelo is scheduled to fight after Bivol. Right? Let me also say, too, and this is my opinion, I understand there are different opinions. Right? Bevo, heavier than Canelo, moves better than Canelo. Right? Understand the light heavyweight division is rough and tumble. Now, Canelo has been facing guys who move away from him. Right? This guy is not going to run. He's going to incorporate movement as part of his offensive strategy. Right, Bevel is a master at circling the pocket. Let me also say, too, in my opinion, Bevel is the better athlete. Right? He can maintain the intensity for 12 rounds. I'm not sure if Canelo has, right, or can. Now, let me just say, and this is the big qualifier for what I'm about to say next. If there is no catch weight, I know initial reports are they're going to fight at 175. We know Canelo has fought at 175 already. Right? He beat Kovalev by stoppage. But we also know Bevel was going around saying, hey, I'll drop down to 168 to make a big fight happen. Right? Where we are in boxing right now is if you're dangerous enough, Terrence Crawford, Dimitri Bevel, nobody wants to fight you. Right? This isn't the era where you look at a Carlos Monzon, he has three losses. You look at a Bernard Hopkins, I believe he lost his first fight. And you understand, hey, these guys are dangerous. This isn't an era where we assumed that guys were going to have rough spots. Right? Step on the ice the wrong way early in their career. And that we were looking at the best version of them now. No, this era demands perfection. As I like to say, when you see too many guys with unbeaten records, nobody's fighting anybody. That's a problem. But let me just say, 
if this fight goes off at 175 and there isn't funny business, you know what I'm talking about, a weigh-in after the weigh-in, right? Rehydration clauses. If it's a legit light heavyweight fight, then in my opinion, it's special. This, in a year of Usyk Joshua too, in a year of Khan Brook, right? This is the fight of the year. You know, boxing doesn't get this that often. A great fighter, Canelo, trying to run the table, right? This is like, in my opinion, watching Usain Bolt before an Olympics, where you hear about all the events, the guys competing in. You hear about how he's hoping to win gold in all of these events. And you're thinking to yourself, is he able to do all this? With Canelo, so far the answer has been yes. Right? Folks, it's getting absurd. I would argue that there's no one, let me repeat that, there is no one in the sport who has fought this level of competition. And the guy doing it has won all of his matches except for one against unbeaten Floyd Mayweather when he was a little bit too young at the time. So, let me just say, I think Canelo, and I applaud him for the match, as I've said. I've looked at Bevel. I believe he's the best at light heavyweight, even with another unbeaten champ there, Baturbiev. Right? I believe Bevel is among the best in the sport pound for pound. Right? Top seven, if you're non-heavyweighting it. But I think Canelo is going to find out that Bevel hits harder than any of the super middleweights he's faced. That Bevel moves but won't run like Kovalev did. That Bevel will have Canelo's left hook blocked. Could be up top, could be down low. It's going to be blocked. And that's going to significantly hurt Canelo's game plan. And that Bevel can't be walked down. Right? Understand, this is a guy, even in his last fight, who's been fighting big hitters, who knows how to disarm them. Even though Canelo is one of the hardest punchers in the sport pound for pound, it's not going to phase Bevel who has fought above average hitters, right? Folks, I don't know too many people who can take Joe Smith's punch. Say what you want about Jean Pascal. He really hits hard. Let me say this too. From a gambling perspective, I like Bevel in the fight. Now, Canelo has proven me wrong in the past. I know I'm going to hear from some people in the comment section that I have a uh, bone to pick with Canelo. Let's just say 
if I had a Hall of Fame vote, Canelo would be first ballot. It would take me one second to fill out my card. Right? I view Canelo as one of the very best in the sport. But he insists on taking on real competition. Right? He does. He insists on fighting some of the best. He's bitten off, in my opinion, more than he can chew here. So I'm going to bet early. I know people are going to hear Canelo. They're not even going to wait for who the opponent is. They're going to go to the betting window. They're going to say, hey, I'm taking Canelo in his next fight. They're going to think that they're getting great odds, right? Because Canelo, you know, the odds maker has to realize this is a real fight. So rather than getting the usual lopsided odds where on the Canelo side, you're, you know, getting well less than even money. He's the big favorite. Here it might look like an optical illusion where you look and Canelo's not that much of the favorite. And you say, oh, I'm getting value on Canelo. I'm going to be on the other side of the play. I'm going to bet this early. I'm taking Bevo. Right? 175 is Bevo's home. Canelo is the visitor. Revisit the scorecards for his fight against Kovalev. Folks, that's one of the closest fights Canelo has had. We forget because, of course, knockouts cause amnesia. Let's face it. Canelo won the fight. Knockouts count. Kovalev doesn't dispute that. Right? But the fight was close. It got to the later rounds. Canelo had to take a round off during the fight. Right? Those punches that crumpled guys in the early rounds. In other divisions, Kovalev was able to take. Also, Kovalev doesn't move remotely as well as Dmitry Bevel. But yet, Kovalev was able to move out of the way of some Canelo shots. Right? Canelo isn't chasing Kovalev that fight. He's sauntering around the ring. Now, that leisurely pace might work in other divisions. It's not going to work here. Who do you think applies more pressure on an opponent, Canelo or Joe Smith? I would say Joe Smith. Folks, I don't care if it's on TV a lot or not. The light heavyweight division is practically hell compared to other divisions. Right? So, I like Beevil in this fight. I'm taking Beevil to win. I hope to get better than even money odds. Right? I'm going to shop big time for this. I'm hoping to catch the casino that's starstruck. That's thinking, who the hell is Dimitri Bevel? We know Canelo. We know money's going to come on Canelo. We're going to have Canelo go off at a minus 200. That's what I'm looking for. Right? So I can get Bevel at good odds. Let's see if the casino proves me wrong. The hedge is going to be the over. Why? 
because Beevil's, I believe it's his last six fights, have all gone the distance. Right? Beevil doesn't have that many fights, folks, but like Canelo, this is a guy who takes on big opponents. The fact that he's already fought Joe Smith should tell you all you need to know. Right? So I like Beevil to win, hedged with the over. Right? Now understand what that means. If Beevil gets an early stoppage, and he has a first-round KO on his record, if he gets an early stoppage, great. You know, if he comes out and he says, okay, look, I have the left hook blocked. I know how to move, so I'm going to be over on Canelo's left side smothering the left hook, or I'm going to be over on Canelo's right side far away from the left hook, taking the sting out of it, if Beevil's able to operate that way and finds that Canelo can't handle his power, that Canelo can't handle getting hit from the opening rounds, not jabbed like Kovalev, but hit from the opening rounds by a real light heavyweight. And folks, that's an open question, right? Ray Leonard, by the way, fought Donnie Lalonde at a catch weight. That was unfortunate. But Donnie Lalonde was the light heavyweight champion at the time. If you want to see Ray Leonard get dropped, again, it's Donnie Lalonde against Ray Leonard. If you want to see Ray Leonard get dropped, watch that fight. Leonard gets off the canvas, is magnificent. Right, He's magnificent when he gets off the canvas. He shows a level of aggression that tells me that the answer to the question of who wins, Prime Floyd or Prime Leonard, I believe the answer is Leonard because Leonard was a risk taker. Leonard was a harder puncher. Leonard certainly could match enhanced speed. Leonard was more of a daredevil. But understand, Ray Leonard has been going around talking quietly about how the heavier guys punch harder than the lighter guys. That moving up in weights has a lot of danger. This is a guy who won the light heavyweight division. Right? Won the championship. Ray Leonard was stunned at Donnie Lalonde's punching power. Right? There might be a day when Canelo, who I believe fights Floyd at 154, double check me on that, realizes that he's a long way away from the 154-pound division, right? There might be a day when he's in and he realizes, I'm in against a hard-hitting light heavyweight, right? The guys are bigger, the punches are harder, and he's going up against, simply put, not one of the best athletes at light heavy, He's going up against one of the best athletes in the entire sport, right? This is Canelo's biggest challenge. He was in over his head against Floyd, but let's face it. Floyd at 154 against a skilled guy at 175, I believe, hell, I'd favor the light heavyweight in that fight, right? Size 
matters. Right? As they say in boxing, a good big man beats a good little man. Right? Now, maybe we can shade that. I know Canelo has spent a career disproving that. Maybe we can shade that by saying, okay, he's going up from 160 to 168. And, you know, at some point, and I know the sport has the legendary Bob Fitzsimmons, middleweight who wins the heavyweight title. But at some point, the opponent becomes too big. Right? At some point, even a great fighter, and that's who he was, right? Ray Leonard finds himself getting hurt, then dropped in a fight at light heavyweight and realizes, man, this guy hits harder than I've been hit by Marvin Hagler or Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Right? So, I'm expecting Beevil to come out. Beevil's going to look at Canelo. Canelo's going to look at Beevil. I believe it'll take them three rounds to acclimate to each other. Right? But in the back of Beevil's head has to be the idea that this guy has had one fight at light heavyweight. One. Understand how much Beevil wanted this fight. He was willing to drop to 168. Right now, this is not going to be Chad Dawson against Andre Ward, where you saw Dawson and you thought, man, Chad looks like he needs a meal. Then you understood. They told you there was a catch weight involved. Right? This is different. This is a guy coming up to 175. No, I'll agree. Canelo looked great at times against Kovalev. Right? You get the feeling Canelo walks around heavier than this. But against Kovalev, he needed to take a round off. Folks, there are no rounds you can take off against Dimitri Bevel. And understand, this is a guy who's already beaten Joe Smith and Jean Pascal. I like Bevel here. I'll hedge it with the over but understand the risk involved. If Canelo comes out and decides to take the guy out early, all you have to do is look at the Rocky Fielding fight. right? If Canelo comes out and he's determined and sometimes being the shorter fighter works to your advantage. right? Joe Fraser Ali, Joe's able to get underneath him. Countless Mike Tyson fights. Mike Tyson, Frank Bruno. Right, the smaller guy is able to bob and weave, and suddenly, oh, he's inside. Oh, he's throwing hooks to the body. Oh, he's throwing uppercuts. The taller guy can't find him. The taller guy can't even land shots to the body because the shorter guy knows how to bend and dip and has timing down and stuff like that. If Canelo's able to pull that off and get the early stoppage, you lose it all. Right? If it goes to decision, you're already a winner if you have the over. Right? I understand Canelo is the more historical side of the play. Right? He's going to come in. Fans are going to love him. He's a box office king. Then, of course, you know, if you're fighting Canelo and he's within the area code of a victory, some judge is going to say, wow, 
look at this. Canelo's come up and he's pulled it off, right? Okay, fine. We get that. But I'm cool with that. You know, I want the real winner to win the fight. But from a betting perspective, if I have the over and the fight goes the distance, I don't care who gets the decision. Right? Technically, I do because I'd want to win both halves of the play. Right? If I'm on the Beevil side and Beevil gets the decision, oh, I've hit the over. Oh, I've hit the Beevil side. Right? But it's not a catastrophe if they give the fight to Canelo. Right? So understand, if Canelo gets the stoppage before the over hits, you lose it all. That's the catastrophic scenario to be concerned about. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I think Bevo wins the fight. I'm going to hedge to play with the over. Let me know how you're playing it. Let me know why. I know there is a committed crowd out there who firmly believes that Canelo is the best in the sport pound for pound. This is a historical fighter. And that a guy with less than 20 pro fights, Bevel, has no shot against him. If you're one of those people, go ahead and lay out the reasoning for us in the comment section of this YouTube video. And if you're listening by podcast, I encourage you, if you want to leave comments, to look me up on YouTube. It's Dwyer70905. D-W-Y-E-R 70905. You'll find the video there. Just search for Dwyer. Beevil, Canelo, look it up and leave your comments. Thanks for stopping by.